0: Hey, this is Warren Wolf. You're listening to Behind the Note Podcast with Chris Davis. You're listening to Behind the Note Podcast, brought to you by a musician for musicians. Here, you will get advice toward a successful music career. This show is made to educate, inspire, motivate, and empower. Now. Here is your host, Chris Davis. Hello, thank you for pressing play on this episode today. We're glad to have you. Episode number 70 here. Thank you for pressing play. We have a great episode for you once again. This is part two of our musical theater series. Last episode you heard from the music director, and today you're going to hear from the music contractor. We're going to talk about things such as how to get in the role of a contractor, if that's something that you desire. Or you might care more about how to be selected by a contractor if you desire to play musical theater or any other type of job for that matter. Today, we have a great guest for you. Our guest today is from Chicago, Illinois, graduate of Northwestern University and DePaul University and has been a freelance musician for the last 20 years. I'm happy to present to you right now, Mr. Sean McNeely. Sean, welcome to the show. We're glad to have you today. Thank you. We're playing a musical right now Jesus Christ Superstar and you're my contractor. And uh wanted to have you on as a guest so people could learn what it means to be a contractor and what and what does that job uh, entail and everything. But first, we want to get to know you a little bit. Okay. So <laughs> what can I do? Yeah, I just want to ask you where where did your musical journey begin?
1: On the violin of all things. Like I grew up, um, started as a violinist and then switched to woodwinds later and dropped the violin in grade school. But, um, I think kind of the standard route, you know, got into it in grade school when they offered band and orchestra and kept it up, um, through high school. And it was kind of weird, like going, when it was time for college, I, uh, you know, I was trying to figure, well, what do I want to be when I grow up? You know, and, you know, I didn't know. And I kind of did this by default, like, I knew I didn't want to stop playing, so I never really saw a musician as a real career, just because I never, I mean, all my family were managers and engineers and stuff, like, there was nothing creative in my family, so I never foresaw it as an option, but I knew I never wanted to stop, so I pursued it and went um, into colleges and music, actually in double major, in music and and engineering, because, another long story, but, um, engineering didn't last. So, so that you dropped the engineering and you pursued music.
0: Was it a music education degree or did you go to performance track or composition?
1: I actually had a double major. Um, it was part of my family. I was fortunate they paid for my college or for my undergraduate, but they, uh, they wouldn't buy or pay for a performance degree. So I had to get a degree that could get me a job. So I, when I dropped engineering, I picked up music education. Um, so I, Technically, I'm a double major in performance and education.
0: Oh, all right. So did you ever have to use that uh, education degree? Did you ever get to the classroom?
1: Not officially. I mean, I obviously went through the student teaching and all that, but I've never had to or never had never been hired as a school teacher, you know, in the official capacity. It's funny because I just renewed my Teacher certificate like a couple of weeks ago, like just in case, yeah, you know, keep funny. it, keep it current. So I don't have to like redo it ever, but, um, no, I've never used it. So are you, are you a full-time musician even now? Mm-hmm. So that, that's really
0: incredible. First of all, congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, thanks. <laughs> yeah. So what did
1: you do then right after school when you graduated? I kind of scrapped around a little bit. I picked up some temporary jobs as like an office worker and stuff, um, Did what I could, you know, I I did some a lot of private teaching I would take any student I could and try to pick up stuff like that I lived real cheap fresh out of school had no money and cut corners as whatever I could but um, you know things just They get better every every day every year like more gigs came along and to where I didn't have to do any other stuff So what were some of your first? uh, professional jobs as a performer After undergrad I went I did go on to get a master's right away and then right after I finished my master's I was in the Civic Orchestra of Chicago for two seasons
0: now. There's some people uh, That
1: aren't from Chicago. Okay, so
0: let's let's put that into perspective What is the Civic Orchestra and and how significant is that
1: officially the Civic Orchestra of Chicago is the training orchestra of the Chicago Symphony? it's uh, a You get the world-class conductors that come in and, and conduct the Chicago Symphony and they come in work with this orchestra too. They're all young players, you know, 20s or whatever. Some are still in college or fresh out of college or whatever. But it, you get coachings from members of the Chicago Symphony, and you get the conductors that conduct the Chicago Symphony. So it's it's truly a training orchestra, um, and, and the and best experience ever. And, and you audition to get you, you audition to, to get in. I'd been auditioning. For many years like and I think it was my sixth year auditioning that I finally got in as opposed to being on their Their alternate list.
0: So now today we're working together and you're playing reeds mm-hmm. You have a clarinet and a saxophone. I know for sure and a and, flute and a flute So what were you playing in the Civic Orchestra? I'm a clarinet and that okay. was my
1: primary instrument all through college and through grad school How long have you been performing musical theater now? I did my first show I did two shows in high school. One, I was actually on stage singing and the other, I was in the, uh, in the orchestra for it Then, And, um, it's kind of one of those things. I think it was meant to be like growing up, my family took me to, to the shows and stuff. And I always walked up to the edge of the pit and looked in and I was just dreaming who knew that that actually was a sign or something. But, um, you know, I did the shows in college. Um, several a year in college and it just kept going never stopped i've discovered that's a common
0: theme with performers mm-hmm. uh, of the of the people i've interviewed right here on the show there's some similar story to yours where you got to see them in in the live performance looking into the pit and now who you are today working people have similar stories i have one myself yeah and that's just really cool how things work out that way i don't believe it's an accident so you, you, you really were introduced to it at a young age, uh, watching as a fan and you got involved in school, in the school plays and mm-hmm. you just never stopped. So what, where did that transition, uh, happen from doing the high school to, uh, becoming a professional playing, playing in the professional plays?
1: There are a lot of smaller theater companies around. And when I was young and just breaking in, you know, I would somehow made connections that, uh. You know, I got asked to play for some of those shows that pay next to nothing. You know, I, I, when you're you know, 22, you're pretty excited that it pays anything. And so, you know, I took those. And it's kind of the way of life that, or at least in this business, I found that you just got to take any opportunity you can. Because then you start meeting people. And then, you know, your name gets passed. You make a good impression. Your name gets passed on. And then it leads to more people. And then more people meet you. And just led to bigger and better things. So today, you're my contractor. So, <laughs> yes, I am. So, so tell us, this, tell us your story. How
0: that happened for you? How did you come to be a contractor?
1: How did I come to be a contractor? Yeah. I'm actually s- relatively new to it. I've only been contracting now for f- four or five years. Um, this is my first year at this theater. I started at the Chicago Shakespeare Theater, and I kind of came into that in a weird way, I guess. I'd been playing a bunch of shows over the years at Shakespeare and usually theaters have like a house contractor for, for all the shows and Shakespeare didn't. Every time I played a show there, it was a different contractor. They just sort of reinvented the wheel with every show there. And I approached them and, and wrote a very long <laughs> letter saying, um, one, I think you guys should have a house contractor that does it. And two, I would like to be that person from my understanding. They, then they called me in and interviewed me and they said, it's very ironic that you wrote this or that you contacted us, contacted us. Cause you're not the only person that said that, that apparently there are one or two others that had sent similar notes saying you should have a house contractor and I want to be that contractor. <laughs> so they had interviews. I don't know who, how many people they interviewed, but, um, They hired me for it, and that's how I got in. Yeah, that's a really good story. So there's some
0: lessons to be learned from your story, too. And one of them is that you just took initiative and Mm -hmm. reached out.
1: And that was bold. It was risky, but it it paid off. It was a low risk for me. I mean, I had nothing to lose. Like, I know that they liked me as a player uh, since I'd worked there several times as a musician. I approached it not only, yeah, personal gain for me because I'm asking for a job. But I honestly thought that the theater would be better off with the house contractor. And if they didn't hire me, so be be it. I still think they would be better off, you know, having a regular person. Um, And I hopefully think that they have agreed now looking back that that it makes things run better. So who was the decision maker? Did you already know who that person
0: was? Who did you write your letter to, for example?
1: Um, The artistic director there. His name was Rick Boynton.
0: So in... A person in your position, do you have a boss per se? Who do you answer to, if anyone?
1: Uh, here, I as contractor, this theater. Sure, let's take this
0: as an example. And by the way, we're we're currently at the Paramount Theater. Oh yes, in, sorry, in Aurora,
1: Illinois. I kind of have several bosses. I, I I mean, when I was interviewed, I was interviewed by three people, and that was the CEO, the music supervisor, and her positions changed. She was the production director then, I think. Um, and they're kind of all my bosses. Like I have to report to them all in various ways. Now, usually I, I don't have to deal with the CEO very often. That's only in extreme situations. Um, unfortunately, there've been very, very few of those. I kind of have several bosses, <laughs> and
0: I think that's just because the nature of theater. Because from my perspective, it's a total team effort.
1: It is. Y- There's a yeah. lot. There's so many. I mean, you got. You know, someone has to manage what's happening in the orchestra. There's someone managing what's happening on stage. There's someone managing what's happening backstage. Then there's the front of the house uh, that, you know, the theater as a whole has to cover all of those bases, and that's a lot. And so it seems like they
0: they hire trustworthy people who are good at what they do, and they leave you to do your job.
1: Is that that's that true? I think so. I think that's a good good way to do it, and I think that's how it's. Been going and that's why the shows are so great.
0: I think so we've been having a great run here uh, Very well received by the audience So what are some of the responsibilities of a contractor? Maybe some things that we don't see on the surface now. We know you hire musicians Are, are there any other things that we don't see?
1: Yes, I'm sure there are uh, I get lots of emails and uh, I figure out what to do with um, I'm responsible for hiring the musicians and managing the musicians making sure that everybody's there when they're supposed to be and they know Like the terms that they're working under, and I, you know, this is a union show, so I make sure that the union contract that is uh, the agreed upon contract between the theater and the union is adhered to. Um, So whatever terms are set in that, I have to make sure are followed. Um, I prepare the payroll, uh, sort of. I mean, enough of the payroll. I submit totals to the uh, the department here at the theater, and then they figure out. Like, I don't have to deal with taxes being withheld and all that stuff, but. I have to come up with the gross wages for, for the, each musician for the week. Keep track of, you know, if the musicians are subbing out, I have to coordinate that to make sure that you know the subs are properly trained and they know what they need to do, to learn the book, uh, and coordinate with the regular musicians as you know, make sure that that's, that goes smoothly that, so when people come in there's no problems and that keeps the conductor and the music director happy and the theater happy because that's they just want it to be smooth and, and Yeah, there's still has to go on. Yeah without any hitches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, how do you choose your musicians? And what do you look for in a musician? Partly it's a collaborative effort. It's not just my decision the music I have to coordinate collaborate with the music director um, on the show and We sit and, and have a conversation about each chair that's in the orchestra for the particular show so we we think about the style of the show and what's needed. Um, some shows have different requirements than others. Whether it's not just what instruments playing, but is it you know is it a classical show, is it a jazz show, is it a pop show? Um, and so we want to come up with players that'll be strong in those situations. You know, so you want talented players, but you also want people that are easy to work with and responsible. It's so it's not just who plays great. It's who, who is going to be, you, you know, you're sitting in a room with these people eight times a week for two months, whatever. You want someone that you want to be hanging around, that, that isn't going to be a problem or create drama or just as an unhappy person. The, the work environment has to be a good working yes, absolutely. environment. Absolutely. And, yeah. um, and, you know, for musicians that are trying to learn about how to be a better musician... Being a good colleague is, is half the battle. It's not just playing your instrument. It's You want to be a happy person to work with. Yes, I definitely agree. We've
0: talked about that plenty of times okay. here. And uh, right now I'm just going to refer to uh, one of the early episodes with uh, pianist George Colligan. I forget the episode number right now. But go to the early episode around approximately three, four, five, or 6, 7 in that area. And uh, press play on that episode. We talk. Uh, we talk about that in great detail. And, and here we are. It
1: comes back again. So we know it's the truth. It's it's a big factor. And and um, not only being someone that you want to work with, but also you have to be responsible. You you got to trust the person's going to show up. And you know, you, that you don't have funny. to babysit them and like, uh, where are you? Why aren't you at the gig? Th- Ye- that's funny that you mention that now too, because I
0: was being interviewed yesterday. On a, on another podcast, um, it was called "Secrets of the Musical Mind." Okay, I believe that's what the name of it was, and I forgot the question that I was asked, but I remember the answer. My answer was: You, when you perform, you are auditioning every day. That's my perspective. <laughs> you are auditioning. Uh, you have to continue to play well, and you know that I just went down the list, and I think it's good to. I, first of all, I love that personally. Mm-hmm. I don't personally, I don't like when teachers, for example, get tenured and then they kind of let their, <laughs> they get a little too relaxed and we've seen some uh, negative effects of that. I hear you. And so I love that being a musician, you're always auditioning every time you perform. You're and only as good as your last performance. That's true. And, and there's a lot of truth in that. Yeah. And so um, again, part of the audition <laughs> is being a good bandmate and, all of the things that you talked about. All right, so I wanted to ask you this. Uh, imagine you're talking to a college student about to graduate soon, mm-hmm. and they say they express interest in performing in Broadway. Uh, so what's a good way to get started? Now, you, you told us your path.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, what if they want to be, uh, let's say, take the bull by the horns like you did?
1: You got to jump in. Yeah, you know, I, I I do receive emails or phone calls from players that I don't know that they once they learn on the contractor they're like hey I want to introduce myself and um you know th- that's good you you got to especially if like you're moving to town you, you got nowhere else to start and you you got to introduce yourself somehow it, it may take time cuz you know sometimes people have players they are used to hiring and you might have to wait be patient for the opportunity to show up but in the meantime you know what i what i've told the young players and it's what i did myself take any gig you get offered like i don't i remember being in college and like a friend said hey i got this gig to play duets in the grocery store and they'll give us coupons for the or, or whatever for free food and i was like okay yeah that's and so and we did it you know and it's like yeah th- that i know now that gig really didn't lead to anywhere but you don't know which gig will lead somewhere. And I, I can look back at my career and over the last 20 years and I can point my finger to like two or three exact moments that made a huge difference. And I would not have guessed that at the time. And most of the time,
0: it's the musicians that connect you yeah. to the next thing. It's rarely someone
1: from the audience. Uh, so is yeah. that
0: your experience? What, yeah, it's going to be time? people. That you, yeah.
1: An audience yeah. member. Oh, I won't say never because you But you that's never know. really
0: rare. A needle in a haystack.
1: But you, you, it's your colleagues that you're working with that someone, you know, ends up asking them, hey, do you, do you know a, a fiddle player or whatever? And you're like, hey, actually, I do. You know, and the name gets passed on. And um, and and that's part of it for even for shows. There are um, like, you know, hiring you. I hadn't worked with you before and I and uh, I had to ask around and like, hey, I'm looking for someone who fits this set of criteria. And, you know, your name came up. And it's it's worked out. <laughs> and, what, and what was cool in
0: my case, you told me that two different people recommended me. So, mm-hmm. and that that helped. Yeah. When, when the same name keeps coming up from various yeah. sources, that really helps. And yeah. that comes from taking jobs like you were just saying, yeah. playing with various people, different settings.
1: And those two people were people that you knew and that I knew, but totally separately. Like that I knew and had worked with before, and trusted their opinion. And and um. So it led me to you, who I had never met before, but, you know, the, the job was there. That's right. So I want to ask you about, you
0: mentioned that people contact you that you've never met. They learn that you're the contractor, and mm-hmm. they reach out to you. Tell me some things that you don't like about that, and tell me what's cool about it. What
1: I don't like, I wouldn't be pushy. I just just put your hat, throw your name in the hat, and just say, hey, I'm out here. Here's my resume. Here's some sound clips or whatever on my website. And and just leave it at that, you know, or and say, hey, I mean, I'd love to play a theater or whatever the environment is. If it's it's a jobbing thing or anything, just don't be pushy or don't get rude about it. You know, just let it be. And um, and it's cool. Like, I mean, people will sometimes check in, like, you know, it's hey, it's been six months. Just want to, and that's fine. Keep it simple. Don't don't be needy. Don't don't ask for confirmation that you received it. There's always gonna be a need for new people. I mean, it's the one constant in this business is that it's always changing. So that's kind of exciting. And it's good to hear from new people. I don't mind it. I just don't want to get annoyed by someone who's, who's either selling themselves way too hard or pushy, you know, just put it out there. That's cool. Right on. Thanks a lot, Sean.
0: We enjoy having you today. Well, thank you. It's been my pleasure until next time, my friend. And that's our talk with Mr. Sean McNeely. Sean, thanks for joining us today and sharing your time with us. We're thankful for you. And just a short reminder that you want to be consistent. You want to put your best foot forward. That your goals be made known to the decision makers. And uh, that's what we learned from Sean today. We've heard similar lessons from all of our past guests and a great a great reminder is George Colligan in episode number four. He talked about how to be a great sideman. And I think you have to be a good sideman before you can be in the position of making decisions. And so that's all for today. I want to let you know something. If you like this episode and you're not subscribed to the show, please subscribe. And if you are subscribed, please share this or any of your favorite episodes on your favorite social media platform that's all for today next episode we have a great guest rufus bonds jr he's the director and actor all around somebody you need to know in the world of musical theater and he's right here on behind the note podcast we'll see you next time god bless you